By the woo, there, Aaron Fennell's joining me again. <laughs> we're going to, uh, on this bicentennial edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, we're going to uh, kind of break down 2020 and take a look at 21, what we see happening there, and go from there, buddy. So, how you been, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little disappointed you didn't tell everybody Ric Flair was on, though. Yeah, I was, I was gonna go with that for a second, but I didn't know if you knew his whole, like, you know, like I could have said woo and you could have went, There he is, there's the golden boy. <laughs> The nature boy. Nature boy. Yeah. There you go. The Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, fur coat. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> and has his own thirty for thirty. He does. He does. That's actually one of my favorite ones. I know. I hear him, you. Him and the boss. Him and the boss. Yeah, that was probably my favorite. And Bo Jackson. Those and were bad three. boys. You're and, not a basketball guy, so yeah. I mean, it. I watched it and I enjoyed it, but Ric Flair. Bo Jackson, Brian Bothler is my three thirty for thirty best top three thirty for thirties. Two of those I'm very much on. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Bo Bo Jackson because I had to tell my son I was like, you know why Bo Jackson ended his career? The guy ran out of his hip. Yeah. Not only did he run over people, but he was so strong that he ran out of his hip. You know, that's mind blowing, but nonetheless, nonetheless. This, we could go and review 30 for 30s, I guess, now. We should. <laughs> Just keep that, we keep should. that going. But We're not talking about any iron on Moving Iron. <laughs> we'll bounce back into that maybe on another show. But So Aaron's with me today. We're going to talk what's going on. Good Christmas. Go down to Desh, the big purple, went, home of yes, the Dragons. Yes, went to the uh, home of the Purple Dragons, good yeah. old Thayer County. Yeah. Western, Western Thayer County. Yeah. And uh, six and a half hour drive, took eight to get there. Okay. We drove through the I eighty blizzard uh, all the way. Gotcha. Yep. It was it was a good time. Yep. But we got there. We had a great time. Great Christmas. Top five Christmas ever. Top five Christmas ever. Top yeah. five Christmas ever. It was it was fantastical. Yeah. Well, I uh, enjoyed Christmas with my family, and then they got on a plane and flew back to the ICT, the three one six, also known as Wichita, Kansas, which they enjoyed more than Christmas with you. Absolutely. They were like, <laughs> "Yes, Dad's gone." This is the best Christmas ever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they, shit, man. But they, so I'm going to drive back down there and pick them up, and then I will enjoy Christmas with my family back there. So, good times. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to 2020 being over with, man. It's been a long year. Been some crazy things happen. There's been plenty of setbacks and obstacles and all everything else is going on. But there has been some good, some silver lining that has come out of 2020. So, I guess as you uh, kind of sit back and take a look at the grand spectrum of of what's going on there, and obviously the coronavirus is one of the biggest things that came out of 2020, but I guess as you take a look at, at 2020, Aaron, what are some of the, the biggest aha moments you had looking back on 2020? Aha moments? Yeah, you're like, oh, shit, or like, oh, shit. Oh, man. The biggest aha moment, this would be a positive Crops climbing in price at harvest of right. all times. Right. 
The what time, on earth is you know, that about? The one time when they should not have been yeah. going up. Yeah. They should be going down, if anything. If anything. Right. 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 Not even staying the same. Like, they should have been going down. Correct. Sure. Plus, we had a little... Was that this year or last year? We're in that May, June. We had a little bit of spike up. That was last year. That was last year? This year just sucked till harvest? This year was uh, in May and June. I believe corn was like $2.98 that you had to pay. Right, someone Ford. Correct, and then they would give you, they would let you dump the corn at the elevator. Right, so it worked out well. But right. that during that time frame, that was a kind of a scary time frame. That whole like uh, March to June time frame, yeah, was was kind of a where's this going? <laughs> When's it going to stop? Type of thing. So yeah, we that was that was a that was definitely a big one there. I think for me, one of mine was looking back on that is with all the stuff that. We came down the pike, and all the the stuff that we saw happening was really equipment really never stopped selling. No, you know what I mean, right? With everything that was going on there, and, and all the all the obstacles that were in the way, and all the all the grain prices the way they were, and those kind of things, did stuff sell as good as it probably could have? Absolutely not. But I mean, you would have thought when corn hit three bucks on the board that we wouldn't have sold anything, and, and actually we were selling some stuff then. Yeah, I, I was I was shocked by that. I thought that was. I thought we were going to have a, a long, um, arduous summer uh, going into into harvest. And actually, to be honest with you, I always told people when they would ask me about they were outside the industry, you know, how's, how's coronavirus affected the ag equipment space? And I said, you know, to be honest with you, if I woke up from a, a, uh, a coma and didn't know what was going on, um, I, I wouldn't know it any different. I would, no. I would have known one thing different about what happened in our business comparatively. Right, I would I would completely agree with that. You know, as you talk to other dealers across the country, wholesalers, everybody that's in the buying and selling business, we're blessed beyond measure to right. be in ag because we still got to go. Right. You know, right. guys don't. Plus, we're in ag. We're not. Most everybody in ag is not by a big urban population center correct so mm-hmm. which is funny because at the beginning of rona that was the place to be right now all the little towns are worse than the big than right. the cities yep. you know which would happen with anything right um i would argue and say just one point you made that was it the best it could have been you said no probably not i would say yeah probably was for the way crops were at Mm -hmm. the pandemic shit still fighting with china Mm -hmm. you know all that stuff piled together it was dare i say half-ass runaway Mm -hmm. for everything we were up against yep yep um i'd agree with that you know i think that's probably a good point i mean comparatively to what's what was all there yeah you're probably right it could have been I mean, you talk about uncertainty. There's plenty of it there. We also had, you know, the government stepped in and and put a put a big bill together and, and got a lot of pretty big checks out to kind of start covering some of that stuff. But to be honest with you, a lot of those checks at that time were. I hope I hope this is enough to keep things rolling. Right. You know yeah. I mean? They it was spoken for eight times. Yeah. But hey, we got a check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing about it too now is you take a look at what's going on is. Because of the money that came in, a lot of guys have tax problems now, because that's 
that money's all, that money's all taxable. That exactly. Is treated as income. Thank you, Donald. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. That. Appreciate that, pal. But so, I will say, I'm glad you mentioned the Trump bucks thing mm-hmm. because I've had three different farmers in this month tell me that saved their ass this year. Yeah, that made them whole. Now, I shouldn't say save their ass, but it made them whole where they halfway start in this world clean slate. Like the, oh shit, $6 corn's not here forever? Mm-hmm. It, it cured all of those sins for the last five years, yeah. six years, seven years. But it also made it where it's kind of a, okay, this is the world we live in. We're whole. Let's go. Right. You know. Yep. And that and that's huge. Yeah. That's worth its weight in gold right there. Absolutely. For that aspect of it. Not to, dare I say, go buy shit from John Deere. Right. Case IH, New Holland, Agco, everybody. But to be whole and then, okay, now we're whole. Now we can look at updating our 12 to 14 combine or 12 right. to 14 8R. Right. What have you. Yep. Yep. I think that's a, that's a great point. I think that's that was a, probably one of the most underestimated parts of this year till right now when guys are sitting there talking to their accountants going like, Ooh, okay, well, you, you, you're you good now. You're whole, like you said. And now you've got, you know, either you can send back the money that you got back or you can right. spend it. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> and I think that's that's good for that's good for everything. You know what I mean? So, I'm, But do you think, okay, like – I don't have any blue flags flying on any of my machinery. But do you think as the first 100% businessman president we've had, do you think that was part of it? I've been wondering that the last couple weeks. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think Especially knowing that extra income at the end of the year immediately gets flushed back into the business sector. Whether it's prepay seed fertilizer, whether it's machinery, whether it's right. whatever they can do to get rid of that money mm-hmm. and not have to give it back. Right. I would would like to say yes to that. Um, Just I, say it then. I think it was more of um, we're going to pass this bill no matter what because everybody wants to get reelected. And this is if, if any if there would have been anyone. Republican, Democrat, Independent, whomever, that sat back and said, you know, like, you know what? I feel like this is frivolous right now. I am not going to vote for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they would have gotten, gotten lynched. Right? Frivolous. Yeah. What yeah. about the Libertarians? Yes, even them. Okay. Especially them. Because we all know there's plenty of them right. on the egg Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like that would have been something that would have uh, not made a difference in there. Now, it had, had had Trump got re-elect, reelected, who knows what this next round would have looked like? They might have went to the wall on a few more things, just because of, you know, I don't have anything to worry about. I can't get reelected again, so we're going to do things the way I want them done. I think that would have been a, a bigger a bigger thing for that. But I think you know, the first the first round was was just we're going to make sure we get reelected. I think that's what that was. I gotcha. So I ch- I choose to see that the business aspect was a. At least some percentage, maybe one percent, but it was there. Don't get me wrong; that the idea of, of giving some people money to go out and spend to help 
that, circulate. Yeah, it's the, exactly what it's circulate for. the economy. Absolutely. I mean, that was the right. whole purpose behind that. There wasn't anyone going like, "I'm going to take this money now. I'm going to go start my. I'm going to fluff up my 401k." Right. I mean, that yeah. was. There so was, I guess that was. You know, if you look at it from the non-ag world, that was a re- that was a stupid question. Well, they were just trying to. I mean, it's to stimulate the economy. Right. What I call it a stimulus bill. Right. Right. So. Oh no shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, how about that? Now the dots have connected. Welcome to Freshman Civics. <laughs> so, um, a lot of other things happen. Yeah, that was completely dumb because the people that got their checks in June spent them right away. Yeah, so that's exactly their, what it was. They got for. their 1200 bucks and they were like, yeah, let's get some grills. And Sometimes stuff. you got to pull your head out of the ag sand and look at the rest of the world. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, you got to remember during that time frame when those checks were coming out and those things were happening. What were we selling the most of? Not toilet paper and Clorox. That's for sure. That's definitely not something that we were selling a lot of. Combines. No, we were selling cuts, mowers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Right. All that stuff. And the the industry as a whole had a huge uptick this year. Side-by-sides and four-wheelers. All that Used side-by-side market. Just red hot. Somebody's like, well, hell, now we got $1,200. Let's go get that side-by-side we always wanted. You want to pay the electric bill or do you want to go get a... I mean, a 2005 Ranger. I, mean, I know I'm laid off, but we could take that money and put it to good use. <laughs> we could make the down payment on that Ranger and get five tanks of gas. Think Let's do it. it. We can just go to the mountains for as long as we want to now. <laughs> yeah. We've got Nothing. nowhere to go. Nothing to come home for. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a huge, huge right. segment of the, of the marketplace. But So that kind of leads into, like, when you start thinking about what were the big qui- equipment surprises for 2020, right? For me, the biggest equipment surprise was that f- coming to fruition of that that 2012 through 14 model piece of equipment, and starting to watch that that mountain grow and what that looks like, and watching those inventories grow. While on the other side of that, you know, kind of like we talked about last week, watching that under 300 horsepower or under 300 horsepower, under 300 hour combine, under thousand hour oh, yes. tractor, the premium combine. Yeah. Those things, those things all started to, to really start to show up where there was a huge lack and where we started seeing oh, an excess of supply, where we started seeing real big holes starting to, starting to form in the equipment marketplace and watching that kind of take off and grow to what we see it today. And to me, that was the biggest surprise that I, was a, I, would, have, I would have done. And probably the other one we'd already talked about was you know watching that, that cut market take off when you think that it wouldn't have when people were, weren't 100 percent for sure what was going to happen with their with their income. Yeah. So. So this is the part where you throw in what you think you're. Oh yeah, I agree with you completely. So that's going to do it for Moving Iron. Thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> no, I would. I I forgot about the cut thing because that's not my world. Yeah. But you're exactly right. That's that's probably number one. Quite honestly, yep. I would say mid-summer auction results were surprising. Yes, they were. Late summer were not. They were well that August. After yeah, after we auctioned seven million combines by August twenty-eighth, yeah. yeah. the writing was on the wall. So yeah, it was shocking. You can buy a new pair of Wells Lamont gloves or a seven eighty. Right. Which would you prefer? <laughs> right. Yeah. There, there was the. But again goes back to that whole thing of stuff that brought big money was stuff that we didn't have access to. Right. And that, low hours. The other stuff Late that we had plenty hours. of, and we'd seen sell a million times already, 
Brian. What? Say it. Starts right. with a C. It's just a commodity. There you go. Very much. Just a commodity. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, it was a big shocking moment. I mean, I, I think there was the number of the number of machines that we saw sell in August um, was to me was was more shocking than anything else was that that number of and it wasn't necessarily a lot of tractors that got sold it was all combines and like three heads yeah you know like there weren't even enough there weren't even enough heads com or heads sold to cover the amount of combines sold right so and that's usually typically when you have a combine problem you have a head problem too right yep typically. absolutely that's typically a, a, a two things that mirror each other but I guess Watching those two things sell, watching those those three or four um, larger equipment auction sell um, happen, um, to me that was the that was one of the biggest biggest moments um, for the for twenty twenty when you started looking at how much values rebounded from again of the stuff that was in high demand, right? How those values rebounded during that time frame compared to a year ago. It was a it was a big jump. Yeah. Yeah. There's almost a 10% increase in what those were bringing, maybe even almost a 15% increase as what those machines were bringing in August of 20 compared to August of 19. Yeah. And if you want to look that up and you want to test me on that, go to tractorzoom.com and go to Iron Comps and, and get yourself a subscription. Use Moving Iron to check out, and you'll be able to see that because that's where I got that information from. Just go back and take a look at those two things. So, again, quick commercial on that. If you're in the, uh, in the marketplace – of value and equipment and understand what's going on there's not a better system out there than what you see with iron comps and tractors in them. so check it out oh, they're they're very passionate about the business yep very and they have it's just raw data that's not been filtered through anything right it's just they have auction houses that bring it in and dump it off and it's not it's not something they just they manufacture themselves they're they're getting the data they're putting it in and they're kicking it back out in a very easy to use platform so check it out use moving iron at uh, checkout and you'll get yourself a sweet little discount on your iron comps right on keep it real bro um, it's it's that's the moving iron version of here's your hat and gloves for buying exactly seed. yeah yep yep it's the same difference here's your Beck's fuel trailer <laughs> you, get, you get a you get a small percent on a, on a website <laughs> yep all right, so now, now we've kind of kind of laid out what we saw happen in twenty. Kind of some of our big, big shocking moments for us, some very high level stuff. Twenty twenty prediction time or twenty twenty one prediction time, and what that looks like. Um, for me, watching what commodity prices are doing right now, and watching ha- as things progress um, across multi level fronts here. I mean, we're talking. The commodity value prices that we see happening right now. I think this morning I got my my March alert for March twenty one alert for corn. It was like four sixty five or something like that on the board, if I remember right. I could be telling you a lie, but um, as I yep right yeah March twenty one four sixty five and a half as of the mid morning alert. So I guess you take a look what's happening there. Going with soybeans, soybeans, you know. Are when it's topsy turvy. One day they lose fourteen cents, the next day they're up twenty two. And regardless of how many shipments of soybeans we got, wherever I mean, there's just all kinds of craziness happening there. But volatility in the market is, is something we, we've talked about 
on Moving Iron Mark, uh, Moving Iron Podcast Markets with with Chip and Sean. You know, if you listen to those guys, you'll when we're on, you know, you're going to tell you the same thing. So, as I look at what's happened with commodity prices, as I take a look what's happened with um, this drought situation that seems that's getting stronger and stronger in South America. Uh, the drought situation that's getting more prevalent in the U.S. It's still winter time here, so I'm not going to jump on the drought train yet, but. Um, we need some snow. We need some need some subsoil moisture. Those kind of things to start start breaking their way in there. But I guess as you take a look at all these things that are happening, you know, I do feel like twenty one is going to be a year that um, a lot of equipment gets shuffled around. A lot of guys are going to updating. A lot of guys are going to looking at updating this out of the other thing. But they're going to there's going to be a lot of caution in that. Uh, and those buying habits and what they're doing. Um, they might not go out and buy that new planter. They might go do a precision thing or they might do a, a John Deere up deer, uh, upgrade kit on their on their older planter. Those kind of things are going to start playing in, into factors here. And, and the on-farm income is going to be higher than it's been in the past seven years. So um, I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing how this 2012 through 14 model stuff really starts to play out in 21. I think that's when we're going to see, if we see anything, this is the year 21, 22, is when we're going to see these, what happens with that equipment and where does that go and how does that start shaping what we start seeing happening with, with the used equipment marketplace and how does that stuff start rolling into auctions and what's that, what's that look like? Well, I think the best way to probably do that is... As you trade for 12s and 14s, I realize scales cost too much, so not everybody's going to jump on board with that. But when you write your purchase order, you just leave that trade in blank, send it straight to auction time, and then you backfill that after yeah. it sells. Be like, oh, here's what your tractor brought. Here's what your combine brought. Right. Could be like when you go to a, like a fancy restaurant and you want to get the lobster, but it says market price, so you're not for sure right. exactly what you're paying. Who's for. market? Is I mean, it my market? What market price is that? Because at my market, it's cheaper than hamburger, but you know, it is what it is. Market price? What's that mean? It's also not reach in the water and grab it because we're not exactly by water. Right. Um, a couple things for twenty one. New supplies are going to be, they're already like, they're already tight. They're yeah. beyond god awful tight for the entire 21 year. Industry hole. Like Industry hole, regardless of color. Because nobody saw the uptick coming, or they weren't ready for it, I should say. Well, I'm sure a lot of that too was they have to put still their still order in, I'm guessing, three years ago to lock in some pricing or whatever. Right. Happened, you know. Right. And then, so that is going to really bump up our third favorite thing to talk about on this podcast. Not the 12s and 14s, not planners, but the late model low hour. Late and low, baby. Late, late and low. Late and low. Here for the win. I think that's going to be a big push, a big, bigger, bigger push than it has been. Um, Something like I could. I think in like 20, 2009, 2010? No, I'm thinking. Or are you thinking? I'm thinking more like. I I would I wish it was nine or ten. I think it's going to be more of a. Well, it's a combo, quite honestly. 
I think you're going to have the the demand of 14. Okay. All right. You know, yep. where, ooh, we better not buy the new, but we still want to trade, so we need that 200, 300 hour sure rig. thing's going to go. Right. right. And I think that's exactly where we're at. Okay. We Thanks. could, we could, by June, we could be 2010 part two right. or 2011, a decade later. We'll even get shirts made that say that. <laughs> With a whole shit long line of used combines on the lot <laughs> that have little, very little value, or this thing could stop and fall out of bed. If it does that, it'll be because of all the crazy weather stuff that's going to happen, which you've heard on the Moving Iron podcast on the markets. On the markets with Chip Nelliger, not with the, not with a dumbass equipment guy like me, but the smart people. Yeah, so I, I could I could see that happening either way. The drought thing. Me personally, being a dry land grass hay guy, we are past drought. Right. We are a complete and total nightmare in the western part of the U.S. Like as you pull up Ag Day, free plug guys, and they show that drought monitor every morning. Right. We are almost black. Like, yeah. we've gone from or- yellow to orange to red to maroon, and now they're like, well, just everything east of the Mississippi, west right. of the Mississippi. Yeah. You guys are hosed. Sorry. Yeah, and I think I think that's part of it. I mean, what's the what's the favorite saying that I've heard a million guys say is, I love a drought when it's on somebody else's farm. Right. You know, type of thing. And I, I think that's the, that's the mentality that we're going to have here. Um, Which we got to live in 12. Right. When the... Central and Eastern Corn Belt burnt up to nothing. We were all right. Yeah. Even outside of the pivots, we got more rain yeah, got than those guys. Rain. Actually, yeah. we got like two and a half times the amount of rain we normally did, which is like three inches. Did so, we yeah. back then? Yeah, oh yeah. That was my first. That was one of my first years out here, and the the bluff stayed lush and green all the right. way to like August, which is way uncommon. Right, and so did the hills. Yeah, all the sand hills were green till. Frost. <laughs> I was like, this isn't a desert. Yeah. This is a lush playground of happiness out here. No shit. And then the next year was the desert. I'm like, wow, okay, I get it now. Yeah. I get oh, it. this is what you meant. I'm okay. tracking. This makes sense. Dirt just okay. blowing every day from <laughs> June to or from January so, to June. Why is everything so gritty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you dust your house? No, there is no point. <laughs> yeah, the uh some, for some people, the dust bowl stopped. Right. But now it's uh, I, I I would say as as the drought gets worse, and if it does continue to get worse, we do continue down that path. Which we're in a La Nina year, so obviously that's that's one of those years that one of those things that, that do uh, kind of stimulate a drought for for lack of a better term. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see some issues pop up that are going to be drought related that are going to drive prices up right lack of supply and what we're seeing now is not only is there going to be a drought situation possibly here in the u.s that's developing but down in, in brazil too right right so this is this is the crop that typically they're selling off in january and february because we're done right this is their this is typically the crop they sell right so with that being said um if there's an issue a crop Production issue in South America, 
um, which sounds like there's a worse crop production issue in Argentina than there is in Brazil. Um, which, no offense, but we hope for right. annually. Right. They they have a we're kind of setting that up to have a have a big thing. So yeah, yeah. Nice it, see what happens. Basically put, it's going to be a year if you got it right on right, but you might not have anything. Right. Yep, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tight year, um, and I think I think your analogy of twenty fourteen was was spot on. I mean, whoa, it was it doesn't happen very often, folks. Slow clap, <laughs> right on. There we go. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's a great analogy because in twenty fourteen, people were still being like, ah, it's going to come back, right? It's going to come back, or ah, I can't. I mean, how far down can it possibly go? You know, we got to feed the got to feed the world thing. And, we saw got to three bucks, mm-hmm. so, right? So that's that's where we're at, and I think that the twenty fourteen was there was that that cautious cautiousness that was going on of that idea of like, well, kind of see what some 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 of the cards are being dealt already, some things are being laid out there already that kind of scares a little bit, but you know we've always last three or four years we've kind of always done it this way and it's worked that well for us, so we'll try it one more time, see what happens, and for some po folks it was. Last time they ever did it was in fourteen. Yeah, you know, I would also say this, which we don't do a lot, but hats off to all the producers who made it through that entire oh yeah five six seven years of shit right of total shit and some maintained, some got bigger. Yeah, you know. Hats off to those guys because it's not like they're just oh yeah we'll take that on. I mean where you're every day is a damn struggle, right? But you live through it. You got better. You got bigger. Yeah. You know that that's damn impressive. Yep. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's uh, one of those you know iron sharpening you know because things just like you said. Well, how low is it going to go? Well, three bucks. We found out right. right. Three dollar corn in 2020, 2019 is not like $3 corn in 03. Right. Vastly different input prices to right. get there. Exactly. Of course, you got a little bushel variance too, right. but not like the difference in inputs. Right. Oh, man. Yep. yep. So, no, I, I think I'm, I am, I'm very optimistic about 21, 22, and 23 as to what we're going to see as far as, as values go and what that looks like. I am very excited to see what happens with with the that glut of equipment that's going to be there that that 12 13 14 maybe 15 to some extent kind of what does that look like and how is that going to play out that's going to be the my equipment as far as i'm concerned the equipment story for 21 is how do those how does that segment play out what does that look like so as a strictly used equipment guy only like hurry up and dump this and then all of a sudden you went from 10 to 50 of those to hurry up and dump and every day the price gets lower and lower and lower what you're saying is get better at helping on the podcast because that could be a full-time job yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's the thing about the podcast too that it pays so well it does yeah it does it's shocking fat stacks yeah. of cash yep fat stacks everywhere you look if you pile all them pennies up yeah. you can make a really tall tower <laughs> Yeah, it's the the uh, the idea that that, that that's not going to be an issue, and, and people aren't paying attention to that, and they're ignoring that kind of stuff. 
to me is quite frankly it's just I don't know how you cannot do that right I don't know how you cannot pay attention to that no you have to see that it's coming coming. I I won't disagree with you on that it's coming yep so now I do have a question you mentioned 21 22 23 but you stopped what do you see happening in 24 what do I see happening in 24 yeah well, I kind of probably, we talked about this before the podcast, so Aaron and I just kind of, there's, we've had this, we've talked about this bet a lot on here, and kind of tongue-in-cheek, more of an inside joke than anything else, but when I came back out here and started working again in the summer of, was 18 or 17? 17. 17. Summer of 17, I made a bet with Aaron that in five years that we would have a, a fully autonomous vehicle that we would be taking in on trade, Right. So we're three years into that, and possibly I could have been ahead of my time there. And that oh snap! That that maybe the the twenty two time frame might not be the the right time, but I think twenty three twenty four we will have that opportunity to see that. I I think as you take a look at what's going on with that, whatever the first autonomous vehicle looks like, that's truly a a large ag production machine will absolutely have a cab on it. I'm not saying that's going to be a cabless tractor, but what I'm saying is that it will have the technology in it to do something fully autonomous. And I, my, my prediction right now is that in, in 24, that that technology is available in some form, whatever that looks like. But my, my guess is that 2024 we have a used machine on our lot that has that is fully capable of being a, a fully autonomous, unmanned piece of farm equipment that's working in the field by itself. That you can jump in and drive if you need to. That's my that's my prediction. Long term. You didn't say a thing about the road. About the road, what do you mean? How do you get it to the field? Like the movie The Road? No. How do you get it's it? scary. If how do you get story. your autonomous tractor to the field? Well, you're going to do the same thing. Like you're going to haul it over there on a trailer. You're going to do whatever you do. The idea of a machine actually driving itself to some point A to point B, that's a long way down the road. Uh, that's So years. full, full, full autonomy. That's a ways down the road, he says. No. Yeah. No, that's not full. Fully autonomous is doing it in the field working by itself without anybody working it, controlling it it's doing it all by itself still have to get it there that's not fully autonomous well the truck that drives it there will be fully autonomous <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I had to get I just had to give you shit the best part of this whole bet is we make it sound like we have a grand on this right yeah we're betting like $25 lunch yeah on deal yeah we're but the bragging rights is priceless. That's really what you're. Which, yeah. Just to be clear, there's a lot of bricks in my bragging rights wall right now. You got that some bitch half built, so I'm just gonna sit here and relax. We'll see. We will definitely see faux show. All right. When he says I might have been a little bit ahead of myself. But I think if I'm ahead of myself, I'm ahead of myself by a year. That's code word for you're right, Aaron. I was wrong. Yeah, well, I was I was guessing, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong by a year or two. Mm. But still wrong. Not a decade. Still wrong. Mm, maybe to mm. some extent. 
<laughs> you got two years to sell somebody full autonomy and trade it in. Hurry. <laughs> right on. So what else? What else is on your mind? You know, I, well, quite a few customers listen to this, so I'd like to throw this out there. Thank you, everybody, for your business through the year. Thanks for listening to this. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's truly probably the best ag equipment podcast out there, bar none. And I say that unbiased, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a year. For damn sure, it uh, stuff sold better than I thought. Some stuff kind of fell more than I thought, which is which I'm pretty bleak forecaster. So that's not a cool thing, right? But you know, by and large, it's been a, it's been a hell of a good year, quite honestly. Yep. No, I agree. I mean, I same heck with that. I appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast. I appreciate all the people that have that helped me do this stuff. Like Aaron, you know. I mean, um, you're welcome. We've, I've had I've had a lot of guests on, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of people that I want to thank. Like, I want to thank you know Chip Nelliger. I want to thank Rich Poston. I want to thank Sean Hackett. I want to thank you know Glenn Burnbaum. All these guys that are on here that 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 contribute to this thing and um, think that we've done. 200 of these podcasts which I think total I've put out something like 520 some odd podcasts since it started in 2017 ish something like that um, so it's been a it's been a fun ride and I've enjoyed all of it and I can't thank you guys enough for 2016 2016 okay 2016 that's uh it's been a it's been a fun fun journey so. <gasps> Next year, five year anniversary. Oh, yeah. It's the nickel anniversary. Woohoo! Um, so, I uh, looking forward to see what twenty one brings, and uh, I do, I do uh, look forward to putting out more of these podcasts as uh, time goes on. So, anything else you want to throw out there? I can't think of nothing, man. All right. Well, with that, I am Casey Seymour with Aaron Fennel. Let's go with some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron. In the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here